Welcome to the Uplift Effect Podcast. This is Jill Falling. I am the host of this podcast. I am the owner of the Uplift Effect Coaching and Consulting uh, business, and I am super thrilled to be here today to introduce to you yet another author. And I will tell you, the last few weeks have been a blessing to me to be able to speak to authors who are writing books to help you and me and to help us understand how to better pick our battles, how to better navigate this journey. And I just think that today's episode is super important. I'm going to introduce to you today, Julie Eigel. She is a certified classical homeopath. She is a wife. She is a mom of three now adult children, and she has a grandbaby on the way. And I will tell you, there is nothing sweeter than to talk to women who have journeyed the road just ahead of us. They've gone far enough that they have survived it. They can prove to you they've survived it. And they can also share wisdom that comes from no other way than having been down the road and saying, hey, you gotta pick your battle. That might not be worth it in five years. And I enjoyed our conversation. I had to cut out a ton of it (laughs) because it would have never fit. And yet I really want you to know about her book called My Socks. And when I saw this book, I knew that this was going to be near and dear to my heart because this book is about her story with her child, but also many of us who have a child with sensory challenges, or otherwise known as sensory integration dysfunctions or sensory processing dysfunctions. And we talk a lot about that. We talk about real life practical stuff. And I, this is a gold mine today. You are getting a blessing. So let me get off of here, stop this introduction and get going with our conversation with Julie Eigel. Well, Julie, I am so thankful to have um, some of your time today and to talk to you about your newly released book. Um, And I am just thrilled to death. So I am going to talk today with Julie. You guys are going to get to hear her story about her book called My Socks. And this is written by Julie Eigel and it is illustrated by Pearly L. I am tickled pink about this. I have the actual book in in my uh, hands here and the illustration is amazing. The story is amazing. And I am excited to introduce to you, Julie Eigel, so you can hear why she wrote this book, how she originally wrote it, and it just got re-released uh, this year, and hear her background story, and I think it will be a huge blessing uh, for you moms uh, that are listeners and dads as well as you hear her story and you can find your own story in the midst of hers as well. Okay, so Julie, tell us how Hi, did this Jill. book come to, to be? How it came. Well, first of all, thank you. It's so, first of all, just so great to have the connection that we got to meet each other online. So, thank you so Absolutely. much for having me here today. So, um, the way the book came together, I literally wrote that book. It's almost like I downloaded it. It was like this divine thing. I just, I literally wrote it like in 15, 20 minutes. I just, <laughs> and it actually was an actual event that took place. I mean, the, the story is 
is a particular day that I had. It was real. It actually happened. And so that, I think that's why it came so quickly to me. I wrote it in sometime in the 90s and I tried to publish it with some of the big publishing houses, you know, Random House, Penguin, some of the big children's publishing companies. And I got the little nice, thank you, but thank you, no, thank you, <laughs> you know. And so I kind of shelved it. I tried a couple other times. I mean, you, when you do a pub, when you publish a book, you're supposed to send it out to hundreds of people. But I, I just kind of got a little discouraged. And um, so I shelved it. And over the years, I would kind of take it out again and rewrite it a little bit, add a little stanza here and there. And mm -hmm. then again, boom, I just shelve it. And then self-publishing started to become the thing. You know, now that we have so much um, access to different things online, I thought, okay, I'm going to get this out again. And I reached out to some friends of mine that are actual editors. They put me in touch with someone that could help me self-publish. And so I just decided to hire it done. And that really helped instead of trying to do, I mean, you can get books that say, you know, self-publishing for dummies, but oh, it was you. like this thick, I'm like, this will take yeah. me years. This is not what I do on a daily basis. I'm going to let somebody that does this, this is their job. And I'm so glad because what would have taken me more years, mm -hmm. I did in a few months. So it came out just right at the end of the year, right okay. around Christmas. Okay. And so I'm working on marketing and all that kind of stuff, but I wrote it about my daughter um, well, I wrote it kind of, there's a little bit of all three of my daughters within this character. Okay. Um, you know, as we were talking earlier, a lot of self, a lot of sensory issues. Mm -hmm. So my daughter, I mean, I knew right away when she was born, um, that she had, she was just very sensitive, very sensitive, emotionally, very sensitive to her surroundings. I didn't have all the eating issues that we've talked about in the past with her. It was really textile things, things touching her, the, the, the grass the wind. She still mm -hmm. hates the wind. Um, but the thing with the socks, things touching her. And, um, and, and it was difficult, you know, and it was really always a battle. And like I said, we live in San Diego. So it wasn't like I was like, I had to put a big coat on her and boots and mm -hmm. all of these, all this clothes to send her outside for 10 minutes. You know, thank we goodness. live in San Diego, you know, <laughs> thank goodness. they were always just in little sundresses. Yeah. Thank goodness. So, um, Anyway, but she definitely, the sock thing was such an issue. And from what I understand, a lot of parents have this issue with socks. So maybe we're just really not meant to have anything on our feet to begin with. But, um, you know, those of you that live in cold areas in Michigan and Minnesota and North Dakota, I mean, how do people do that with all those clothes? You know, every day putting those clothes on can be quite the challenge. So, yes. Um, Anyway, I it was very um, divine moment when I um, came up with the idea of what to do with her because she was complaining about her toes, you know, and this, mm. the little ridge on the inside of the sock and it was touching, mm -hmm. touching, touching. And um, I mean, I literally, it just happened the way I wrote it in the book. Yes. And, and which from is that genius. On, I mean, from that moment on, she wore her socks. Mm -hmm. She would even yeah. even wear them with her little jellies. Oh, so. <laughs> Jellies were a big thing here in the yes. 90s. Remember those? Well, they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, they're coming back. So um, anyway, um, and as a result of all of this, I, I somehow I found my way into holistic medicine. Mm -hmm. So and and as a result of that, I was able to, I mean, I'm able to help other people with behavioral issues. So homeopathy is which is what I do um, can really help with all of these behavioral and sensory and you know, all these types of issues where yeah. I would try to explain that to my 
regular pediatrician and it wasn't any kind of information that they could use, you know, it wasn't anything right. that they could, it wasn't data that they could say, okay, now do this. Mm -hmm. um, but with homeopathy, I could tell my homeopath all these little strange idiosyncrasies about my child or about myself. And, and it led her to um, the right protocol. So, um, you know, again, our, we're kind of born how we come into, you know, we we're born how we're born, you know, we come into the world, how we are. And when I look back and I think about my daughter and um, the things that she used to do, I mean, always writing on the wall and, and tearing apart her drawers and moving things around and mm -hmm. um, just constantly shuffling things and moving things. And she's a merchandiser now. She's an artist. Oh, and she's one of those kind of, and she's super organized. So she's one of those kind of people that go into your closet and put everything in order. Very OCD. Everything's got, you know, and the color has to be this way. And, and, you know, she's an artist. So she sees things and she does things in such a way that, um, you know, it's pretty, I mean, I saw that in her as a, as a toddler, toddler. It's crazy. It is crazy. So. Yeah. And, um, as we were saying earlier, it's, um, I wanted to bring a little lev levity to the, the task of parenting. You know, we get, we get caught up. We get, we're, we're so afraid we're going to damage them. We're, you know, as of course, as moms, we worry about every little thing. And, and I was really blessed to have a very practical mother mm. that always was telling me about picking my battles, pick your battles, honey, pick your battles, because that is not going to matter in a year from now. Yes. They're going to be fine. They're going to come out of this. Whatever happens today isn't necessarily how they're, it's not set in stone. You know, like they're not, this isn't going to affect them until they're, you know, married or whatever, you know, like so much of the things that we worry about don't end up happening. Right. right. I mean, and we and, don't know, we can't see the forest for the trees on top of that. <laughs> right. So a lot of times in my, in my consultations, when I'm working with families, I'm really helping more the mom yes. to support the mom or the dad, um, mm -hmm. the parents, um, to help deal with this because yes. it's our response. Our children pick up on our anxiety. They pick up on our insecurity. They pick up on our fears. Mm -hmm. And if we're feeling all those things, you know, a sensitive child who can feel the change of my daughter can just sense any change of weather. I mean, it, it has to be perfectly 75 degrees, you know, all the time. It's cold. It's hot. It's cold. It's hot. And she, you know, she can sense things, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. a child like that is going to pick up on a, ch a parent's anxiety, a parent's anger, a parent's, and, and again, not to make us as moms feel any worse than we already do. Mm -hmm. But because it's normal, it's natural, right? It's normal mm -hmm. to feel this frustration when you have a child, you're just trying to get out the door at, you know, and they're having a meltdown about not wanting to wear the blue shirt because they want to wear the yellow shirt or, you know, or they don't want to wear any shirt. And we're in a hurry. <laughs> it's always we're in a hurry. hurry and we're running late. <laughs> right. What I also learned with this particular daughter when she started preschool and had to pick out an outfit every day, that was just even more drama. I finally, my mom said, honey, give her two choices the night before. Give her two yeah. choices, put them on the bed. And in the morning you got this and you got this. And then they feel in control. They feel like they have a choice. They've picked it. And you know, this is it. 
Very good. So again, boundaries, 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 boundaries. But, um, you know, I think so much of um, what I was just saying before, too, we get hung up on having everything being a certain way. We got to have it like this. We got it because that's what it means to be a good parent, because I got to do it this way when that's not really necessary. You know, who are who, you know, you're in your home, you're in this is your family. This is your time. This is your child. It's not the neighbor's child or your cousin's child or your sister's child. You get a lot of flack, right? From our own siblings. That's right. <laughs> telling us how to parent. And, um, so you gotta, you know, I, I just want to, I wanted to support parents and let them know that, you know, they're doing a good job Yes, and find a little joy, find a little, find a little laughter at the end of the day. And it's all going to be okay. In the end, all going to be fine. It's all good. Well, one of the things that I wanted to to say, well, there's a couple of things that I wanted to say about your book. First of all, the book is about a little girl. And as on the back, the, um, you say, do you have a child that hates to wear socks? Then you'll love this book. Parents and kids with sensory challenges will enjoy reading this fun book together. You'll recognize the struggle and appreciate the surprisingly simple solution. And there's two things about that. One is there are a lot of parents, um, I see them in the Facebook groups and um, they have children that are very young and they are in the process of discovering that something is just a little different with this mm-hmm. one child that they have. Um, that is my story as well. It was my second child. And um, I know back in your time, they didn't have all of these official diagnoses and, and right. um, now they do more so. Um, with some of these uh, sensory types of things. But um, my son was diagnosed with um, a sensory integration dysfunction, or sometimes they call that a sensory integration dysregulation. Um, And that simply means that uh, for you listeners, that sensory wise in the brain neurologically, it's almost as if the sensations that we feel and recognize are almost reversed And our body does not self-regulate or their bodies do not self-regulate. For instance, they hear every little tiny drop of every little thing that drops on the floor in a classroom, whereas our brains have learned to regulate, self-regulate and release that information. We hear it. Filter all that out, right? That's right. But we filter it out and we don't need that information. Therefore, our brain does not bring it to our consciousness. Well, a lot of these children with sensory integration uh, challenges, they do not have that component neurologically. They can learn to to develop some of it and they can learn to regulate some of it better. Um, Early intervention is so important. And that is the thing that I wanted to be sure that I expressed because it was the thing I did. I had to fight and fight and fight to get my child tested because I knew something was not right. Early, early on, um, there were very big signs that something was off and he was having meltdown after meltdown after meltdown and very off sensory related things similar to your daughter clothing was a big issue anything that was tactile was very different than how i experienced it cotton balls would send him into outer space i mean he could not manage a cotton ball he didn't like to be in the bath can you imagine (laughs) you know but he loved 
really sticky tape on his skin where you would take it on and off. He craved sensations of things that would make my skin irritated and bleed. He would take sharp pins and poke himself with sharp pins that he could find. We ended up, as I told you before, um, in a lot of therapies, which were unbelievably helpful. And we had Mm -hmm. a bristle brush, a thick, hard bristle brush that we would use to rub over his skin, directly on his skin to help soothe him and calm him down so that he could go to sleep. I'm here to tell you that I tried that bristle brush on my skin and it made me absolutely feel out of control and crazy. Yes. I could not have managed that, um, let alone find anything soothing in it. (laughs) So oftentimes these children are nonverbal. They're delayed in their development because we experience, we learn intellectually and experientially and their experiences are very, very, um, Uh, challenged and therefore they are often delayed developmentally. My son did not have sensation in his tongue and his mouth and whatever. And, and, and we had to learn sign language uh, so that we could interact with him. And the day I could almost cry talking about it, but the day we learned to be able to use sign language as a mom, to be able to talk to my child and communicate with him for the first time when he is now two and three years old for the first time ever was like the heavens just opened up. Opened, right. Because I had been fighting him ever since because I couldn't understand why he wasn't understanding this or why mm-hmm. the cuddling wasn't soothing him when it did my first kid. And why right. he wanted everything so rough and tough and, um, and why he was hurting himself. I'm like, what child beats his head on the tile floor till he's bleeding with a nosebleed. And, and, and he feels better. <laughs> right. How? Well, that's, a, that common, that's a very common, that's a very common thing that head butting and that that's very common in kids with these sensory issues. Yes. Yes. And I had no idea. So I suspect that there are moms that are very much where I was um, some years ago. My son is now 17 years old. And I suspect that there are moms that are where I was when my son was 13 months old and two years old and three years old. And they were, and they are feeling a lot of what I felt, a lot of what you felt. And one of my biggest concerns was what is his life going to look like? How am I going to be able to interact with something that is so foreign to me? I had to first learn to understand it. But then what's genius about your book is it adds a little humor. And it also reminds us as parents Mm -hmm. that there is a solution to so many things that is just right up underneath our nose. It's just right there. And I won't give it away because I want people to read the book. It's a (laughs) book. The illustrations are amazing, but it's fantastic. My son even read the book and he laughed because he was like, oh, I so understand this. I wanted kids to be able to see themselves in the story too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm not the only one that had, you know, there's lots of me around out there. There's lots of me. That's right. And it's called normalizing. 
Normalizing right. is so important yeah. because children yeah. need to understand that it's okay to be different. And right. parents need the freedom. This is something I wish I could go back and tell my, or my younger self is that right. what I know now is because I have a child who has had this, I see and feel the world so differently than I did right. before. I right. actually hear the birds chirping now in a way I never did before. My brain just processed that out. And my son would have a freak attack over the birds. Like, what is that? What's that noise? What's that noise? Everything was, what's that noise? This was once he was verbal. And I was like, I don't know. What is that noise? And I didn't learn to listen until I had him. I didn't learn to recognize that water actually has a really great feeling. I have the same story over the wind, just like your daughter, the Uh ocean waves freaked him out. Anything that was a new thing sent us into orbit, but eventually because of gradual exposure and therapy and early intervention, we began to gradually expose him to things and realize he didn't have to be afraid of it just because he had not experienced it before. Mm-hmm. He now right. loves the ocean. He now yeah. shows me how to love the ocean right? in a way I never could have before. And so it is a blessing to have children that see and feel the world differently who have sensory challenges because those right. sen- sensory challenges teach us so much about the world that we forget. Yep, they do. Well, that we, we close out and, and yep. we, we, we become even more, I mean, it is actually very concerning to me now because of all the electronics, because of kids spending so much time on the computer and on their devices mm-hmm. that they aren't getting out in nature, which is so healing and so yes. um, good for the brain. And so it's like, I, so I think it's just as important as that our grant, that our parents who were never exposed to a lot of this stuff because these symptoms are very common now in our world because of a lot of things like we talked about, Uh Um, you know, they didn't have to deal, you know, they didn't necessarily deal with it or they just didn't deal with it. And then, then, you know, then they ended up with other problems, you know, grown children that felt abused or felt, didn't, they weren't heard or disrespected or, you know, all of those things. I hear all of these things in my practice because, you know, there was a one size fits all parenting style. And and it's like, you you finally get it figured out with one daughter or son. And then the next one comes along and they're totally different and you can't (laughs) parent the same way. You can't, you know, you've got to adjust, you know, you've got to like, you know, think on your feet and you can't, you just can't use one size fits all parenting. None of us are the same. None of us. I thought very many times, my child's sensory issues are creating my sensory issues. <laughs> like right. I am overstimulated yes. and we still have this issue now because he wants everything very loud. And I hear him. I always know if he's home or not because the music is loud. He's loud. He talks loud. He's, he just moves, walks loud. And if my house is quiet, I know he's not home. <laughs> so I can yeah. hear him in the driveway. And I know, right. just by the way, he drives and his radio is, I know which child it is. And yes. um, and I That's am really stimulated by all of that. But I had I have other children that are 
very much like me and they can't handle all that noise and they can't handle right. all that talking and they needed things to be very different. And so we do have to parent very, very differently. And right. that is probably one of the most challenging parts of being a parent is to figure out if you have multiples, how to love and respect and embrace and develop every single different personality and characteristics right. traits and, and let Coming them into your home. Bloom. Exactly. That's right. Let them each bloom and to water each of those in all these different ways. And, and my one kid who didn't like water, you know, he didn't want water. Yeah. So, right. you know, I think that that is a, a huge, um, struggle for parents to figure out how to do that. But here's the good news is we can do it. You have right. done it. Your daughters are doing amazing. I have four kids, three boys and a girl, and my children are doing incredible. This one child specifically right. is, um, has an electric personality that people love being around. And you know, when I, when he was younger, my biggest goal for him was just to be regulated into a regular kindergarten classroom. Right. <laughs> that was my biggest goal because he was so not functional. I had no idea that he would be able to blossom and bloom into this kind of a person that I see coming right. now. And I think your book gives hope that not everything has to be a fight. We can pick our battles. We can right. just change one little part of it. It makes all the difference in the world and we can move on about our day and we don't have to right. fight through everything. And mama, right. it's going to be okay. As a parent, sorry goes a long way. Oh, yes. I, it goes a long way to apologize to your kids. And um, when you fall short of whatever and you lose your cool because it's just part of being human. We're tired. We're exhausted. We have work. We have other things pulling at us. We have enough, we have the child that doesn't get as much attention because this other child yes. is taking so much attention. And so, you know, go, just being able to say and acknowledge and say, I'm sorry. I did. I just, I, I, I didn't do so great today. Yeah. You, you know, know what? That, that is a wonderful, um, words of wisdom, I think from parents who cut, who are farther down the road that younger right. parents have to be reminded of how do our children learn to apologize and to right. feel empathy and sorrow and, and sorry for things. It's because it was modeled. Right. Because if you can't, right. And it also cuts that trauma that day. So that yeah. it almost doesn't impend on there and the, into the, it doesn't like meld into their memory of this horrible emotional moment or time or day, if it's cut with an apology and a hug and a, that helps to remove that trauma for the day yes. and for yourself too. And, yes. and, and for kids to understand that, you know, we're not perfect. Mm -mm. You know you what? Know, because I think the thing is, is that if we expect ourselves to be perfect, they are going to feel that they are going to sense that. And, you know, unfortunately, absolutely. our voice becomes their inner voice. Their voice. And, and their inner what voice. we do. We make them into children who feel like they have to be perfect or perfect else they're not loved. And to be loved and to be accepted. I know. And that's like what I said with you about sometimes with some clients that I have or they do these routines every day with their kids. And if they don't do this certain routine at a certain time mm -hmm. every day that they, they, they've, that's their issue. 
Yes. It's their issue. That's the parent and issue. Yeah. It's the parent's issue. And like I said, there were days my kids went to bed straight from the beach. <laughs> Say another bath. Sand in their hair. So what? The next day I changed the sheets. Yep. Okay. And, and I didn't wake them and force them to bathe and do their hair and make it all perfect. No, it was perfect. Just because they had where it was, you know, and they learned that, uh, you know, that everything has to be perfect because I mean, how can we live in a world like that where everything, and that seems to be a huge struggle in this generation of time where we see so much in mm-hmm. on there's so many things coming at us we're influenced so much I mean in my day it was just a magazine we had a you know a magazine now we have the internet and it's coming at us constantly and, and depending on how much time we give to it we're you know all these different social platforms and blogs and and we do this mm-hmm. and we do that and and you know I actually started taking off some of these interior design blogs that I followed because I would see these images on my Instagram and just see these perfect homes. Oh. I used to be an interior designer. So I'm very, tra- you know, I was attracted to that, but then it just makes you feel, you know, like, Oh, I got, you know, Oh, my house is not looking perfect today. You know? Yeah. That's just, like I'm not living up to that. <laughs> I'm not living up to this photo yeah. shoot, but the person's probably spent 12 hours creating. <laughs> the behind the scenes is a total chaos wreck. Yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah. So um, we really have to be on our guard, I think, to guard, especially as young moms. We just have to decide what we're going to let in and what we're going to let out. But, yes. you know, it's like, you know, and other people's judgments and maybe it's a family member, especially a mother, a mother-in-law that mm-hmm. tells us how it is and you should be doing this and the should, should, should. Yes. Yes. That is, that is some very, very good advice. And I, I know you are um, considering or thinking about, I hope you will um, to write more books like this that address specific issues that children are facing. Parents are facing obviously with them to give uh, some normalization to children um, some humor to a search to a situation and for adults to realize that in the big scheme of things, the socks really weren't that big of a deal. Right. They just really weren't. And um, I'm guilty of, of doing that. I think one time when we had talked earlier, I had mentioned my oldest child. Um, you know, I thought that he needed to go to daycare dressed just so. And I had a very sweet nurse at the hospital, at the hospital that I worked at say, now, Joe, let me tell you, you're going to need to pick your battles on this. Let himself express at three and right. four years old, because right. that's not going to look real pretty at 15. No. <laughs> and okay, the yeah, best lesson ever learned is the one he learns on his own. So own. he wanted to wear cowboy boots, shorts, and a halter top to preschool in the middle of winter in Alabama. Now I had a problem with, with his choice of, of, of attire, but, um, and he still is very specific about how he dresses. He wants to be dressed a certain way. Um, and I learned that by letting him doing that, instead of fighting it every day, like we were, I let him do it. And you know what? He came home the very first day and said, 
I don't think I'm going to actually wear cowboy boots and shorts and a halter top to school anymore. <laughs> the cowboy boy boots don't work out so great on the playground. Right. It was really cold outside. And my halter top doesn't work out real well when you're upside down on the swing, you know, <laughs> and he never had yeah. the problem again. Well, and, and some that kids, they, they need that. Yeah, he learned it on his own mm-hmm. because yep. he felt it. He experienced it. That's no, right. And how much of that is our own embarrassment to send your child to school in, you know, I was guilty that- of that. That's exactly Absolutely. What we all, you know, I told you my third child, she wore a bathing suit, a one, this little cute little one piece bathing suit for solid two and a half years. Solid. <laughs> yes, I love that and story. In the wintertime, she'd add a little sweater and her rubber and her rain boots, which again, remember, this is San Diego. So it's not like we have these torrential winters, but yes, you know, we can have 45 degree days and there she'd be in her little sweat and her little bathing suit. But third child, hello. That's what yes. she wanted to wear. And, um, and she turned out just fine. Fine. She's 25 years old now. And yeah. And she is so not she wearing was, a bathing suit every day. Yeah, to work. Busy, but she was one of my ones that went to high school in clothes that I was like, mm, try again. A <laughs> little bit too scantily clad, you know, and, and, and thankfully she was at the high school, even when it was a public high school, it was just like, no, they'd send girls home. Yeah. You're a little bit too much cleavage and go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, so, um, I, I really appreciate you talking to me, Julie, and your book is excellent. I, oh, I loved so it. Much. I knew I was going to love it. I was, um, I mean, before I got the book, I knew I was going to love it. But then when I got the book, the illustration, the facial expressions, the illustrator has done an incredible job. She did it. I, I can't say enough. She, yes, I can't in say your enough. words, in the way that they come together and the child can see themselves and the parent can see themselves and a solution is found and we move on. And I think that it's great. It's just enough funny. And I, I, I just, I love it. So I want you to do some more. If you ever in in need of content, you just let me know. I've got four kids. We got lots of content. And I just want to encourage the moms on here that it is not the end of the world. Our children very often, um, as Julie and I talked uh, before we hit record, oftentimes these sensory issues come um, in a syndrome mix. And so as was the case with me, and as is the case with a lot of people, there is also ADD, ADHD, oppositional defiant issues, and and um, hyperacusis hearing, which my son had, sounds like your daughter probably uh, fit the criteria for that as well. Um, and the, that was, you know, we had multiple things and it was hard to know where one ended and where one began. And it was very challenging to navigate that. That is why I now operate and run uh, the business that I run where I do coaching for moms called Transforming Chaos into Calm. I do that um, as a previous grief and trauma therapist. I use that background educationally, but I actually use so much more of my parenting journey (laughs) and what I have learned from being a parent um, of multiples as a single parent and of a child that had a lot of extra special needs and right. needed some extra attention that required me to think differently. And so right. I help moms transform chaos into calm into their home to help save their relationships. 
And this book is a perfect example of why. I think moms, grandmothers, aunts, cousins, people who are buying gifts for uh, families with children, but I also think therapists. As a therapist, I can tell you we are in need of books in our libraries to share and read with our children, to give resources to parents, to help normalize behavior so that children do not feel like they are weird because the world is going to do a good enough job of making sure that we all feel that way. Yes. And we want them to feel normalized that they are not weird. They may have some things that are different, but that's okay. It makes them who they are. And we love that. Exactly. Actually. Yeah, of course. And the weirder, the better in some cases, you know, that's exactly right. Embrace our weird. That's that's okay. So I, I am excited to tell my, um, therapist friends about this too, because I think it will be a great resource. And sometimes you just need a little book to lighten the mood in. Yeah. In lighten the mood. That you're sitting yeah. In. yeah that's right. Yeah, so, well, Julie, day, that's right. That's exactly right. Because parenting is not easy and it's hard sometimes to yeah, end the day with not, a smile. <laughs> it's hard to end the day with a smile, but it's important. Well, you yes. know, it's like they say to married couples, never go to bed angry. Well, that's not always easy to do, but that's it's not. true. And, right. and send your kids to get, send your kids to bed with a, with a, with a smile. And that's right. You know, it's heartbreaking you know, what I hear in my practice too, of, I had, you know, people saying, I, you know, my dad was never around or I don't know what it's like to, you know, have my father read me a bedtime story or yeah something like that. It's heartbreaking, yeah. you know? So yeah, that's right. And I, I think gotta, sending our children off to school, um, that was a very challenging time for me emotionally because I realized for quite some time, I would holler at my kids. Um, uh, I would holler at my kids all the way to school because I was frustrated uh-huh. and there's no reason for that. So I would send them off to school. And the last thing they heard from me was fussing. And thankfully it wasn't fussing and cussing, but it was fussing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I cussed once they got out, but I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, um, that's true. We want to leave them with hugs and loves and to know that we are their greatest advocate. Right. And exactly. we love them just the way they are. We love them because of who they are. And it may be frustrating and it may be challenging, but it's also incredibly rewarding. And I have learned so much from my son because of who he is, as well as all of my kids. Yes. All of them. Yeah. No, that's it's, that's they so make true. us better. I they am make well, and, and there come, you know, there's the, there's the idea that they come to teach us our lessons that we need to learn too. So that I absolutely we, believe that that is exactly our right. own egos, putting our own egos aside and, 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 you know, yep. so learning those, learning, learning those lessons. But again, I just think the biggest thing is just, you know, pick your battles, pick your battles, pick your battles. And that's that every, it's the things that you think are so, you know, you know, like this is the, this is the line in the sand when, you know, maybe you need to move the line in the sand. Yeah. Or, and 10 know. years from now, is that going to really be the most right, important exactly. thing? More because there are things that you are going to have to actually pick. Right. Right. Exactly. You can't pick all 25 of them. You can't all pick all 25. <laughs> and have a happy home. <laughs> That's no. right. Well, thank you so very much. Thank I you appreciate you talking to me and, um, job well done. 
Thank you so much. So that means a lot to me coming from someone like you that's done, been through what you've been through. So that, that's, uh, that means a lot. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. There you have my conversation with Julie. I know that you have been blessed by that. I was blessed by the time that I got to spend with her. And I want to be sure that you know how to contact her and how to order her book. It is on Amazon, My Socks. But I will put it in the show notes. You can link. uh, The link will be there. You can also find her on the social media sites by her name, Julie Igel. It's I-G-E-L. She also has a uh, website. She is a um, certified classical homeopath, as I mentioned. And her website is homeopathicsolutions.com, spelled S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-S. So I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the Uplift Effect podcast. All my contact information will also be in the uh, show notes. And I look forward to talking to you again next Monday. Have a great day. Bye-bye.